Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel in chapter 20. And we're in verses 14 through 17 again this evening. Let's read them quickly before we begin. In verse 14, But I wrought for my namesake, that it should not be polluted before the heathen in whose sight I brought them out. Yet also I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness, that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of of all lands, because they despised my judgments and walked not in my statutes, but polluted my Sabbath, for their heart went after their idols. Nevertheless, mine eyes spared them from destroying them Neither did I make an end of them in the wilderness. Last week, as you recall, and we spent the entire time, entire message on the first phrase of verse 14. But I wrought for my namesake. He worked for his namesake. And as we looked at that thought last week, we found that all his works For his namesake, for his honor, for his glory, he works according to that which pleases him. Not that which pleases us. The truth of the matter is, we as his children, we ought to be pleased. <laughs> with all of his workings, if it pleases him, then we ought to be pleased with it as well. As his children. And he wrought for his namesake. Therefore, <laughs> he would not allow his name to be polluted. He would not allow it to be profaned, to be desecrated, to be 
looked upon and despised and shamed. The last part of verse 14. But I wrought for my name's sake that it should not be polluted before the heathen in whose sight I brought them out. <laughs> He's talking about in the sight of those Egyptians of whom he brought them out specifically and pointedly back to the Egyptians. But as we know, the fame of God's bringing them out of Egypt and across the Red Sea on dry ground and, 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 and destroying Pharaoh and his army in the waters of the Red Sea. The fame of that spread throughout all lands. It reached into the land in which the Lord was taking them to give to them for a possession, to give to them for an inheritance. He moved and he worked so that his name would not be polluted. Remember, his judgment was in past weeks that he would destroy them. That's <laughs> what he told Moses. I will utterly destroy them and make of you, Moses, a great nation and a people for my name. But he didn't utterly destroy them. Why? For his namesake. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy in chapter 9 We'll begin reading with verse 25, and Moses is recounting here with the children of Israel the time at Mount Sinai. And he recounted with them, having gone up into the mountain the first time, spending 40 days and 40 nights as, at the first, and then coming down and finding that the people had broken the commandments of God, dis disobeyed the commandments of God. In verse 25, Thus I fell down before the Lord forty days and forty nights as I fell down at the first. 
This is the second time. This is when he goes, the Lord calls him back up into the mountain again, and he goes back in the second time. And he falls down before the Lord 40 days and 40 nights as I fell down at the first because the Lord had said he would destroy you. Utterly destroy, destroy all of them. That's what he told Moses. I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed through thy great greatness, which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember thy servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look not unto the stubbornness of the people, nor to the wickedness, nor to their sin. What was he saying when he said, Remember thy servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember the promise that you made to them. If you go back on your promise that you made to them, your name is going to be polluted. Reading between the lines in that verse. Isn't that what he was implying there? Remember your promises to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. You're not a God that lies. Verse 28. Lest the land whence thou broughtest us out say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he hath brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. There was the polluting of the name of the Lord. If he had destroyed them all. That is what the Egyptians and others around would have been thinking. The name of the Lord would not have been honored, would not have been magnified, but it would have been trampled upon, so to speak. It would have been shamed. It would have been polluted. Would it not have? As we think about that thought and polluting the name of the Lord, in comparison, go with me to what he says in, in the book of Ephesians. Book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. Tells us in the preceding verse. 
that we were chosen before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Because He chose us, He predetermined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Whose grace? His grace. Whose glory? The glory of His grace. To His glory, which He gets in bestowing grace, which He gets in choosing a people, predetermining their adoption on the children, hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath it bounded to, toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He had purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in, on earth, even in Him." in whom also we have obtained inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Notice verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. to the praise of His glory, to the honor and praise and glory of His name. Does that happen? Does that happen if there are any of those that He chose before the foundation of the world? That He does not in due time, make them accepted in the beloved. And all of this was according to the counsel of his own will, his own purpose. Was he purposed in Christ? Before the foundation of the world? If any of that does not come to pass, if any of his counsel does not come to pass, if any of his purpose does not come to pass, does he get the honor and glory and praise? No, he's shamed. In fact, my understanding of Scripture is he would not be gone. <laughs> he would be no different than man. 
man boast of things that he's going to do? And it may or may not come to pass. And we're not pointing fingers tonight because we're all guilty of it. We boast the things that we're going to do. And when it comes right down to it, we lack the ability to perform all things that we say we're going to do. We might do some of it. We might get some of it. But God, who is God, who is the ruler of heaven and earth, and he rules in all the affairs of men, he overrules much of what we purpose to do. If he doesn't give us the strength and the ability... We're just a wind blowing in the breeze. To the honor and glory of His great name. God fulfilled His judgment. God fulfilled his judgment. Verses 15 and 16 of our text. Yet also I lifted up my, my hands unto them in the wilderness, that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them, flowing with milk and honey, which, by the way, is the glory of all lands, <laughs> Because they despised my judgments and walked not in my statutes, but polluted my Sabbaths. For their heart went after their idols. He did not allow the generation of that day the generation of that day to enter the land that he promised to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob turn with me to the book of Numbers Numbers in chapter 14 Look with me here at verse 36. And the men which Moses sent to search out the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him, by bringing up a slanderous upon the land, even those men 
that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. Twelve spies were sent in. Ten of them brought an evil report, brought a slanderous report. God caused all ten of them to die. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Japuna, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel. And the people mourned greatly. And the people mourned greatly. Chapter 26. Chapter 26 of Numbers. In verse 65. For the Lord had said of them, They shall surely die in the wilderness. And there was not left a man of them, save Caleb, the son of Japuna, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Chapter 32. Chapter 32, in verse 11. Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt, that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward, shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. You want to know what that word holy means? Whole. Complete. They did not wholly follow me, save Caleb, the son of Japuna, the Kenzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. <laughs> in other words, in all that the Lord commanded, and commanded in going into the land, and taking the land, possessing the land, Caleb and, and Joshua... <laughs> the Lord. Remember Caleb and Joshua's report concerning the land. Yeah, there are giants in the land. Yes, the grapes are big in the land. Yes, there's a bounty in the land. But the Lord has promised to give it into our hands. We can do this. What were they relying on? Were they relying upon their own strength? Were they relying upon the strength of man? No. They were trusting 
They're God. He is the mighty one. He's the one that is able. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy 1 and verse 35. Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land which I swear to give unto your fathers. Not, not one of them. 20 years old and upward that came out of the land of Egypt, not a one of them. We're going to see that land. Save Caleb and Joshua. Turn with me to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, chapter 5. The children of Israel have crossed the Jordan. And they got across the Jordan. And these are the children of that first generation, that generation that died in the wilderness. And these children... The 40 years in the wilderness had not been circumcised. And now they were to be circumcised. Joshua was told to, to make him sharp knives and, and circumcise him. And he obeyed. And this comment is made. For the children of Israel, verse 6, For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. Here in the book of Joshua, the statement is made concerning the fathers, concerning the generation that we're looking at tonight. The generation that came out of Egypt, men of war, they all died in the wilderness. Not one of them except Joshua the leader now, and Caleb. Because they wholly followed the Lord. God judged them. God judged them because they did not obey His Word. And gave their hearts to idols. 
They did not obey him. They were disobedient. They did not believe him. He charged them with unbelief. Disobedience. Turn with me. The book of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 10. In verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Talking about the cloud that was over the cloud that separated them from the, from the Egyptian army. And they passed over the Red Sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ That rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our example to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Referring to Mount Sinai. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Mount Sinai. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. They tempted Christ. They murmured. They, they complained. They complained when, when they had when they had come to, to Edom. Remember? They had come to Edom. There's no water. Moses and Aaron are commanded to go up and to speak to the rock. And water would come forth and water the people. Moses and Aaron went up and struck the rock. As they did at the first. 
rock. But they broke the tie. They disobeyed God. God charged them with Moses and Aaron with unbelief. He said, because you did not believe me, you shall not see the land. You shall not go to the land. Aaron died there outside Edom. Moses died after leading the people around Edom. They couldn't, couldn't go through Edom. Esau's seed. They couldn't go through Edom because they wouldn't let them. And they had to go around, and the way around was, was hard and difficult and treacherous. And the people began to complain and to murmur because they didn't have drink and they didn't have food. And they said, and we loathe, we despise this light bread. What was the light bread that they despised? It was manna. What, what was manna? Uh, symbolic of what was manna? A type of the, man, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He's talking about when they, when they despised, when they loathed. That light bread, the manna, they tempted Christ. And some of them also tempted and were destroyed of vipers. Remember the fiery, the fiery serpents came in and bit Many people so that they died. And Moses is then commanded to make a brazen serpent and to raise it up. And, and any man that was bitten, look on that serpent. And they would live. Another type of Christ. All this is brought over into the New Testament. You see. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things, all these things that we're reading of and studying of and, and seeing written in the Old Testament Scriptures, now all these things happened unto them for in sample, for an example unto us. And they are written for our admonition. They're written for our learning. <laughs> Get it in your mind. <laughs> That's what the word means. <laughs> it goes to learning. It, get it in the mind. Written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore? Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. See, take a, take a lesson, take a learning from these things in the Old Testament, these things that, that we're studying in, in the book of Ezekiel and, and God's, God's re, re, causing them to remember their rebellion, to remember their sin, to remember their unbelief. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. 
chapter 3, and verse 12. Of course, this is written by the apostle to, to Hebrews. Saved Hebrews. Hebrew Christians who were wanting to go 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 back and bring some of the, the things from Judaism over into Christianity. And so the book of Hebrews was written to, to show them how much better they have in Christ, in the things of Christ, than what they had in, in Judaism. Chapter 3 and verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren. Notice who it's addressed to. It's addressed to brethren. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. While Aaron and Moses did not depart to necessarily from the living God to worship idols, they disobeyed God in the book of Numbers in chapter 20. In verse 12, you see God charging them with, with unbelief. And because of that unbelief, and which was an evil heart, of unbelief. It is of the flesh. It is wicked. It is not Godward. It's not of faith. Anything that is not of faith is sin. Aaron and Moses weren't allowed to go into the promised land. And he's cautioning us lest there be in any of us an evil heart of unbelief, an evil heart of disobedience, thinking that we can disobey God and get away from it. Turn with me to the 10th chapter. In verse 26, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. In other words, we deliberately choose to disobey God. but a certain fearful looking for of, of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. And obviously, it's not talking about hell fire. Because as we already pointed out, it's written to save people. It's written to Christians. And you can't lose your salvation. To be cast into hell would mean you lost your salvation. And that's an impossibility. So he's talking about those of us who know God's will, God's purpose, 
God's commandment. And we deliberately go against it. And particularly, as in the context assembling together. Verse 25. Just the verse before verse 26. And the verse before that is provoking, inciting one another unto love and to good works. And how can you do it if you forsake the assembling of yourselves together? The mercy of God. Back to our text. Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 17. Nevertheless, mine eye spared them from destroying them. In other words, he did not utterly destroy them. Neither did I make an end of them in the wilderness. He didn't utterly destroy them as he said to Moses at the first. Why? For his namesake. He showed mercy. He showed mercy for his namesake. <laughs> and we, like them, have been the recipients and are the recipients. Every day of our life, we're the recipients of God's mercy. He does not give us what we deserve. <laughs> Praise God with holds. Promise what we deserve. It is to have compassion. For his namesake, he had compassion on Israel. Israel was his chosen people. Not because they were more in number and better than any other people. No, they were the fewest of all people, and they were just like everybody else. But God had love for them, and He chose them to be His. God had love for us, and He chose us to be His. He chose us to be recipients of His mercy. You might say, as Israel, there was a remnant saved. There was a number saved. Not their fathers, but the children. We are the remnant of the Lord tonight. Book of Numbers. Chapter 14 and verse 18. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 14 and, and verse 18.
the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. That is, the guilty, those who are not His chosen, those who do not repent of their sins and trust in Him. Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. Chapter 9. And look with me here at verse 19. Yet, thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not in the wilderness. <laughs> Why didn't he forsake them? For his manifold mercies. Manifold mercies. Many and, and several mercies of God. <laughs> Aren't you glad Scripture talks about the mercies of God? Lamentations 3 and 22. They're new every morning. Aren't you thankful for that? Forsookest them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way wherein they should go. <laughs> that was the manifold mercies of God. He forsook us them not. He did not utterly destroy them. Turn with me. Psalms. The book of Psalms in chapter 78. Look at verse 37. For their heart was not right with him. Children of Israel's heart was not right with God. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. <laughs> they broke his covenant. They broke his commandments. They disobeyed him. But he, being full of compassion, he being full of mercy, compassion, and long-suffering, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Many a time. <laughs> now I have to think about how many a time he turns away his anger. And does not stir up all his wrath against me. Praise God for his compassion 
Praise God for his mercies. Praise God that he's long-suffering with me. He did not utterly destroy them as a people. That's the first generation coming out of the generation that came out of Egypt that he is reminiscing about with Ezekiel to tell to these elders that had gathered before Ezekiel. You reminisce with them about them coming out of Egypt, the generation that came out of Egypt. Next week we'll begin the second generation, their children. Their children. You would have thought, because their children watched them die and their parents die in the wilderness because of their disobedience, because of their unbelief, because of their murmuring and complaining against God, that they, the children, would not do the same. But they do.